just a sprinkle a day make your whole fade away have your holes been sprinkled today 10 points to whoever knows what that's from you guys tweet me your answers Welcome to another episode of Gay Side Stories, bringing you a little slice of LGBT and everybody else news and discussion we can all relate to because we are all just what? Ordinary people. John Legend told us, and it is true. I am your host, Trillificent, and guess what? I'm magnificent, but you guys can call me TJ for short. Check out GaySideStories.com for more information. Feel free to interact with me as well. You can submit some show topic ideas, some stories you don't mind sharing, uh, content for like a school in life or trail minds. Um, if you have a short story prompt, send all of that to GaySideStories at gmail.com or use the contact form on the site. You can also find this podcast, if you haven't already, on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. You can subscribe on any of those. Uh, make sure you guys also rate and comment. Um, please share the show with others. You know, retweet links, share on Facebook, all of that good stuff. That is how this show will grow, and hopefully, you know, we can reach a bigger audience and all of that good stuff. So, uh, a little sidebar before I move on with the show. As you might have realized, I am here by myself. So, um, you know, shit happens. Like, shit happens. You all live just like I do. You know shit happens, and it happens regularly. Um, really, that is just the gay-ass top verse and bottom line. Um, gay side stories will only have one host from now on. Now, that could always change in the future, but for now, it's just me. Uh, and I will uh, be having some guest hosts very soon. You know, I want to bring in some more perspectives, you know, so I'm going to have some straight uh, guests, some bi, lesbian, and trans, you know, hopefully I can pull all of that together. And before y'all ask, Chelshire and I are fine. You will probably hear him again on the show in the future as a guest. Um, you know, who can say no to Bar Chelshire? I mean, honestly. So, Gay Side Stories will be available from now on, probably on Mondays, but at the very latest on the usual Tuesdays, but it's probably going to be on Monday. Unless, of course, some shit goes down because life. All right. So let's move on to the Trill Mind segment of this uh, show. Um, this was an interesting link and, I, I, you know, really hits close to home. Not for me personally, but I think for the community, especially for uh, gay men. And the article read, poppers may cause permanent eye damage. New research finds. So in 2006, isobutyl nitrate was classed as a cancer-causing agent. It was replaced with isopropyl nitrate. Now, isopropyl nitrate is believed to damage the portion of the retina responsible for central vision. There was a doctor, Dr. Rebecca Ruberry. Now, she profiled 12 men, and they all reported vision problems like blurriness and blind spots after taking the drug. Most of the subjects did recover fully, and her assessment after that was that the level of harm associated with proper should be reassessed. Now, obviously, as with all, you know, news stories, take this with a grain of salt, you know, do your own research. Personally, I've never done poppers. It's just not my cup of Kool-Aid, you know, so to speak. However, if you are fond of a little sniffing stick, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But you might want to do a little research, especially on the brand and the ingredients. You know, you want to keep that vision you want to keep it 100, you know, you want to be able to see, you know, the fine sexes, you want to be able to, you know, still scroll Instagram and stuff when you're in your 40s and 50s, you don't want to be the one that's like, you know, I can't see nothing, where y'all at, 
Where the boy? You know, you want to be able to see. So just do a little research. Obviously, you know, and we say that with everything. Do research on what you're putting into your body. Um, so especially with poppers, though, you know, you guys be safe. Be fun. Have fun. But be safe. So let's move on to the School and Life segment. So this week, my School and Life is fan fiction. So, okay, listen, this is what happened. <laughs> I, you know, I, I recently got a fire stick and I did the, the jailbreak thing to it. So, you know, I've been watching all kinds of movies. I've just been like movies that I have forgotten that I wanted to see. I was just like, ooh, you know, just putting a little, hitting a little button and, and you know, getting my vision on. So. Oh, excuse me. I watched Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, and The Man of Steel. I watched them back to back because I had been meaning to watch them and I just forgot. Um, so obviously my obsession with Henry Cavill returned after watching those. The movies were, mm, mm. but he is, you know, that is that is a nice big fine white man. So you know, hey Henry. So you know, after that, I was like, well, you know. The little creative juices, you know, a little flowing a little bit. I was like, well, let me see what's out there. So I watched, you know, I, I uh, got online and, you know, I went to like, you know, archive of our own where I do have a story that I wrote. You know, fan fiction is hard because it's hard it's for me personally to get into the mindset of those characters and make it feel authentic. But I like going on there and reading, but I do have something there. Um so I was just reading some of those. I still have some more to read, but you know, I was just, you know, getting my little life. You know, it's it's always interesting reading fan fiction because you come across some and it's just like, eh, and then some of them like, ooh, and then some of them you're like, God damn, like you need to be writing novels. So I came across like one or two that I was like, God damn, this is good. So that was, you know, my little thing for the week. Um, secondly, and this was just from Friday, but hey, it counts. Uh, Mary J. Blige's new album, Strength of a Woman. The album is great. I really like it. Now, I am not, I love Mary J. Blige, but I'm not like a huge Mary J. Blige fan. I have not listened to a Mary J. Blige album all the way through since maybe the breakthrough. Um, but, you know, with everything going on, I was like, you know, let me give this album a listen. And it wasn't because, and I hate that it rained true that, you know, pain that pain would make better music um but it did you know it, it is what it is um the album was great and but at the same time listening to it i was just like i just i hate that she went through this and is going through like you can hear the pain in her voice the lyrics you know i mean you can just like you can tell like this some shit like so Again, I hate that she had to go through or that she is going through what she is going through. But the music is great. And I think that it is a project that she is and should be very, very proud of. So favorite tracks, of course, Glow Up. That's like the petty person's anthem post breakup. You know, like I'm a glow up and I'm a stun on you with your bitch ass. Love that song. Um, that's the first time I can remember ever hearing uh, Quavo. I have not really gotten into the Migos thing, so I've never heard him, and it was okay. I mean, like, yeah, you know, okay, sure. Um, Set Me Free, another favorite on the song. The lyrics were, like, the the part where she was just like, how the hell you gonna tell me that I everything I have is because of you, and I had it before you got here. I was like, sing! Come on and preach. Um, 
And the part where she was like, there's a special place in hell for you with your bitch ass. I feel like the bitch ass part, like she said it and they just like edited it out because it was a bit much. But I mean, it, it applies. Um, Indestructible, also a good one. Thank you again. The lyrics and thank you uh, were really good. And my the last one was Strength of a Woman. Now, I like, like again, I like all of the songs, but those were just my favorite. So you guys um, also can tweet me some of your favorite songs from that album if you listen to it. If you haven't, check it out, you know, stream it. I'm not sure where all it streams, but I listen to it on Apple Music. And that's it. You know, low-key, I cannot wait to hear Dustin Ross from the Friend Zone talk about this. Like, he's a Mary J. Blige stan, and I'm very interested to see what he has to say about it. I'm sure it's going to be funny and all of that good stuff. So let's move on to the main topic for this week. So this week, um, this is going to be a very, very personal story, but I feel like it was important to tell. It's not specifically gay related, but it's life. And again, you know, part of the thing with with this show and with a lot of LGBT spaces is that, you know, we have to show that yes we we love the same gender or whatever the case may be we have a you know whatever your personal story is that is considered outside of the norm which is bullshit but at the same time we live just like everyone else we, we go through the same things we have the same trials and tribulations we work we do all of the same things that everybody else does we pay taxes all of that good stuff so with that being said i'm going to talk to you guys about my recent stint with unemployment so um i was unemployed for about seven months uh since early september of 2016. i worked for a company as a contractor like i worked for a company i worked in an office but you know i was contract um so there was no severance package or anything like that and when i got told that i was getting laid off it could not have come at a worse time like i was already having a shitty day And as soon as I get to work, I'm wet from having been out in the rain. As soon as I get to work, my boss, I am me, is like, come to my office. We need to talk. And I go in there and she's like, oh, how are you? And I'm like, obviously, I'm not doing very well. You see that I am very wet. And she's like, oh, well, I'm not going to make your day any better. And I was like, here we fucking go. I thought it was going to be some bullshit. I did not expect her to say, well, they've decided to pull your contract. So you have until the end of the month. So I had two weeks. I was, I mean, I was on one hand, I was grateful that they were telling me early, but I felt like even two weeks was a little bit late. But at the same time, I was like, okay, we have so much shit that we have going on. They just going to kick me out like all of us like with two weeks like we have all these deadlines that we're trying to meet like it was just a lot going on a lot that i was doing at the time and i was like how am i supposed to wrap all this up in two weeks to hand over to you and she was just looking at me like and i was like so i'm like here we go now i was not totally surprised like i was shocked i guess but i wasn't surprised because with the way things were going in the industry, I work in the oil and gas industry for context. Um, thing, and you know, we were in a slump. So I was like, I, and people were moving from the project and, and they already were getting rid of people. You know, every month they were shrinking the project team. 
So I knew it was going to happen, but I thought it was going to be October. That was what I planned for. Like they said, my contract would go through December, but I was like, there's no way in hell I'm going to make it to December. But I know we have these deadlines and I know that I need to wrap this stuff up. So it'll probably be October. Well, I was quite wrong, obviously. So, you know, that just hit me like a ton of bricks and I was just like, okay. And I just left. And I think that I even, I think I emailed her one, you know, after like an hour or two. And I was like, you know what? I don't feel good. I'm going home. Like, I just was not in a good space. Um, And that was my first time being like really unemployed for a long time since I started working full time in 2006. And yes, I know I am advanced in age for gay, but you know what? I'm still here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. No Tisha Campbell. So the industry was really slow again, like I said. Um, so it was hard finding a job. Like I started looking as soon as I found out, like, I think I went back to my desk that same day, started applying for some jobs. And then I went home and applied for some more jobs. And I had so many disappointments because it was just like, you know, you get contacted about jobs and you never hear anything from the recruiter again. I had an interview before I even finished my uh, assignment and the interview went great. Like I went outside, like I was in my truck in the middle of the day at work on a conference call for an interview and the interview went great. Like everything when I was just, you know, they were like, yeah, we really we like you, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, you know, this, this, this will work. I can do this. Like, you know, I can move from this. And the the job that I was interviewing for was way out of state. I'm here in Houston, Texas. And the job was like in New Jersey somewhere. But I was like, I can make this work. Then I never heard anything. And I had to follow up with them only to tell for them to tell me, oh, well, we decided to go in a different direction. But, you know, let's talk in a month or so. And I was like, bitch, talk to these goddamn nuts, bitch. Oh, that shit just made me so mad. Eventually, even from there, things just really dried up and I was applying to jobs out of habit and necessity. So I did apply for unemployment and I did get approved for unemployment. I um, and this kept me afloat. Like, you know, obviously you don't you don't bring in as much money with unemployment, but it was enough for me to pay my essential bills and, you know, put gas in my truck, even though I wasn't really going anywhere stuff like that like it was still positive cash flow was my point um but you know and with analyzing my my budget and my bills i was still you know paying out more than i was bringing in so i started going through you know my uh my savings um i went through my 401k which it wasn't much because i forgot to turn in the form so they didn't take out new i missed like a year and a half worth of um, uh, 401k building, but you know, I got that, you know, I was really just doing everything. And, uh, I even applied for snap, which is, you know, food stamps. Um, and that, when I tell you snap was a lifesaver because they gave me like almost $200 a month and they're like, just not having to worry about food on top of everything else was just such a blessing like I was just oh man and I wasn't out there you know like I was trying to make the shit last every month so I wasn't you know just buying a bunch of like I wasn't out there buying steak and I mean I wasn't buying anything that I don't usually eat so 
but still, you know, that was, you know, two hundred. I mean, I don't, think, I don't even think I was spending the whole two hundred dollars. I think I would go and like, never mind. Um, but you know, I, it it rolled over. I think so. Um, when things got low, then I would spend a little more. Like you know, I think in October or November, I spent more because I had, you know, was using up everything that I had. Anyway, um. Moving forward, you know, like I say, things were just dry as hell. I think in November, I may have gotten contact for a job in D.C. And I was like, okay, this can work. Like, I've always, in the very, very back reaches of my mind, flirted with the idea of maybe I could move to D.C. Like, I, you know, I have friends out there. Shout out to Juanita. Um, I, every time I visit, I love it, you know. And I was like, okay. I was like, if I'm going to move anywhere, then D.C. could be it. However, the pay was terrible like they wanted to pay me in like styrofoam cup scrappings they wanted to pay me in discarded coffee beans they wanted to pay me in old bags of toenail clippings like it was i was just like what the fuck who the fuck is supposed to be able to live off of this in d the fuck c washington dc and the i was just like what am i supposed to do with this so I struggled with that because I ended up getting that job and I was like, okay, you know, I'm just was struggling. Like my stomach was churning. It was hard for me to sleep. I was like, how am I going to make this work? Because not only am I not going to be making a lot of money, I have to find a way to move when my funds are already depleted and I'm not getting any relocation assistance. Like, I feel like a lot of places, I mean, I'm sure maybe, you know, depending on what you do, but I feel like relocation assistance is not as common as it used to be. And, you know, that may just be, you know, a testament to what the industry is like, you know, what the country is like. I don't know. All I know is every job where they were like, oh yeah, you know, this would be good for you. And I'm like, okay, well, what about that relocation? And they'd be like, and I'm like, bitch, fuck, you know, because moving across country is not cheap. So um, I ended up turning the job down. And I, again, I struggled with this because I was of the mindset and I feel like I was raised that when you have your hand out and someone put something in it, you don't slap their hand away. And that was what it felt like. It felt like I was, you know, doing some kind of disservice to myself or or I was going against the grain by turning down a job. Like, I don't have a job. Who the fuck am I to be turning down a job? But I had to do it. Um, and things got started to get tight. This was around January when I turned down that job and things started to get tight. I mean... I was sitting here just in a day, some days, like, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. I don't know how I'm going to pay for that. I don't know what I'm going to do if I can't pay for these things. Like, if I can't make my rent, what am I going to do? Um, I started uh, driving Uber, and I was like, oh, you know, I can do this. Like, I can I can make ends meet with Uber, which I could, but, but the thing that I did not count with driving Uber is that gas... Gas is expensive, and that shit starts to add up very quickly. So it was like, okay, I can, I can make this much money driving Uber, but then I gotta subtract this much because I gotta get gas, you know, two, three, four times a week. And I was like, I don't know if this is sustainable. But you know, by this point, I was on like Plan P. Like I was just like, I've gone through so many different things. I had all these like 
plans and 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 alternative things that I was going that I was had in mind to do and I never thought that I would have to go through all of them and I did. So I was really sitting here like, well shit, damn and motherfucker. Like, God damn, what am I gonna do? Trying to keep my head up and you know, I would talk to my friends, but you know, I I was I was probably with how uh, can't talk. I was probably withholding the bulk of my actual feelings about what I was going through because I felt like, you know, I have friends that have gone through this, you know, longer than I have. And, and, you know, everybody has their own things going on. You know, I got friends having babies. I got friends, you know, doing this, doing that. And everybody's dealing with their own things. So I was like, you know, I would talk about it and I would, you know, voice my concerns about how I was making ends meet, but I did not go into, I never went into real detail about what was going on with me and how it was affecting me. So fast forward, um, to what March and in March, my unemployment ran out. So I was really just like shitting bricks. Like I, mm, fuck what the, what the fuck, what am I going to do? Like my unemployment went out. Um, my snap benefits got, um, denied for a re, what do you call it? A renewal. So I was really just at my wits end, you know, but I was trying to keep it together. I was like, panicking is not going to help keep it together. Hold it, hold it the hell together. Um, and then a blessing. So I was staying with my friend, Nikki, shout out to Nikki. Um, her husband was out of town, uh, for a week and she was very close to having her baby. Shout out to Micah. Hi, Micah, my little cousin. And, um, we went out, I think we went to like Luby's or something because, you know, that's just what we do. We go to Luby's cause niggas. And I started getting these messages on LinkedIn and it was like nine o'clock in the morning. I mean, nine o'clock at night. Sorry. And I'm like, who the hell is messaging me on LinkedIn? Like, bitch, take your ass to sleep. <laughs> so it's the it's these guys from this software company that we used at my old job. And they were like, hey, are you still looking for a job? We had we know of an opportunity, da, 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 da. So I, I obviously messaged them back immediately and was like, hell, yes, I'm well, I didn't say hell, but I'm like, hell, yes, I'm still looking for a job. Like you saying update my LinkedIn, bitch, you know, I'm still looking for a motherfucking job. Hook up. Hook a nigga up. So they were like, you know, we know of this opportunity, you know, send us your resume. Da, 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 da. They send my resume and they forwarded me an email from a project manager that was like, hey, this looks good. You know, we're going to get in contact with them. So I'm just like, Woo! like, mm. because listen, despite what anyone says, especially in this industry, oil and gas, a lot of times it is who, you know, like it's what, you know, but it's also who you know, because sometimes a lot of times what you know is not going to get you in the door. But who you know, coupled with what you know, will get you to the table for an interview, not just in the door. So I'm sitting there and I'm just, you know, I'm, and I'm telling uh, Nikki, I call her cousin. I'm like, cousin, da, 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 da. we're like, oh, you know, so I'm just like, OK, they're going to be calling me any day. Let me get myself together. Let me get my head straight. You know what I'm saying? Let me let me snap off this Lego head and put on this good Lego head. Like I'm I'm in the right mindset. I'm fucking ready. I didn't get no damn calls. I, so after a week, I was like, mm, well, 
maybe you know someone was on vacation because you know a lot of times when companies are recruiting for positions there's always someone who is vital to the to the 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 whole thing on vacation or out of the country or whatever so i was just like "Mm, okay maybe just give them after two weeks though i was like well that was a bust now i'm back to square zero and I'm really starting to panic because now, I mean, with no unemployment coming in, like my funds were almost completely tapped dry. I was just like, and I mean, it was to the point where I was like, I don't even know how I'm going to be able to drive Uber and keep gas long enough to bring the money in. Like it was just, it was just that critical. Whoo. I was just mm, taking deep breath and just, But then someone from the company that they referred to called me and she's like, hey, I want to interview you. And, you know, it's hard because it's like, okay, I'm ready for an interview. I'm whatever it takes. Like, let bitch, I can come. I can come. I can be there, you know, in two hours. You know, I just need to go, you know, take a shower and, you know, get my life together. And they're like, oh, you know, what's today? Thursday. How about next Wednesday? And you're like. I need a job today, <laughs> you know, but I said, sure, you know, I can do that. So I uh, get myself together. You know, I think this was like the last week of March and I go to the interview and it was so funny because I I, I had to like wear this like lavender colored shirt because I couldn't find my white button up shirt or maybe I threw it away because it didn't fit anymore. It was discolored. So I was just, mm, I was like, I'm not sure if this is, I mean, I, I definitely was not wearing the right colors for an interview, but I was like, fuck it. I mean, this industry, again, it's especially for the job that I was interviewing for is not as formal. It's not like I was like a, you know, I'm not a CEO or a manager or director or anything like that. So I go to the interview. The interview was was great. Um, the only things were my body started to like give out. <laughs> the interview was like at eight o'clock in the morning, and so I and I was so nervous and anxious I could not sleep the night before. So when I don't sleep, my body immediately just starts having a damn revolution like i start to get sick almost immediately if i go you know a long period of time without sleeping so during the interview my voice starts to give out you know i start croaking like a like a frog um my i keep getting uh charlie horses and cramps in my in my hamstrings so i'm like they're asking me questions and I'm smiling and, and answering the questions. I have this big joker grin on my face and under the table, I'm like swinging my legs, trying to get my, get this cramp out of my leg. Then I have to use the bathroom because the interview was supposed to be an hour and it went on for two. And I don't know why I had to go. I had to go to the bath. I mean, I always have to go to the bathroom for some reason. Like my bladder is just, uh, it's just a, a betrayal to the rest of my body. So I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to go to the bathroom and they want to keep asking me questions and my legs are doing the most and my voice. I can barely get the damn words out, but I got this big smile on my face and I'm excited and whatever the fuck you talking about, bitch, I don't give a fuck. Give me a motherfucking job. 
So, all of that worked out. Um, I didn't pee on myself, so there's. I'm, I was thankful for that. Great, you know, good job, me. And when my now boss, ding ding ding, she walked me down and uh, she was just saying, you know, I, I need to go back and 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 we need to discuss some more. But you know, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be you. And I was like. I can't even describe how I was feeling. But, I, you know, I was in the lobby of somebody's company. So I was like, let me keep it together. But, you know, I go out to the car and I just, you know, if I was a little bit more coordinated, I probably would have done that little heel kick thing. But, you know, I'm sure I would have fallen and hurt myself and probably torn up my, my uh, suit. So I didn't try it. But mentally, mentally, I was doing it. Just so y'all know. Um, so later that evening, I get a call and she's, you know, they, they say, hey, you know, we want to give you the job, but it's going to be contract. So we have to go through all this other bullshit. Great. Because I and I could tell during the interview that they want they were very, very excited about me. They want they probably wanted to hire me on the spot. But with the way things go, you know, that wasn't an option. You have to go through all these channels. So it's just like we want you, but we can't say, yes, you have the job right now because we have to go through this other bullshit. Um. But hey, you know, I I got the job and I just completed my second week um, on what yesterday was Saturday. You know, my second week, I was already working overtime and stuff. So hmm, blessing. It could not have come at a more uh, like right on time. Like I was really at that point where I did not know what I was going to do. And I don't know if I was trying to say it without saying it to my friends that you guys, I don't have shit as in, I don't know. I don't have the money for rent. I don't have like, I, at one point y'all, I had like, I had less than $30 to my name. Like I was really at a point where I did not know what I was going to do. And, you know, I was trying to just keep it together and stay positive. But there were nights when, you know, I cried myself to sleep or I just didn't want to be, you know, I just I didn't know what I was going to do. I had exhausted everything I could think of. I was selling stuff. I was doing everything that I could think of. You know, I was, you know, my friends were, were blessings and they were giving me money here and there, you know, a little bit here and there. But I was like, I don't know how I'm going to sustain. I don't even have enough money to get out there and drive Uber because the gas is, is eating me alive. So this job came at just the right time. And I, I said to cousin, to Nikki, I said, Micah, uh, her daughter, she came into this world and she brought her uncle, her cousin, a job. And because of that like getting this job right around the time when she was born i will always put her i mean i always was going to put her on a high pedestal but i will always put that little girl on the highest pedestal because i feel like she really came into this world with a blessing right on like she came right on time for us all as a you know family friend unit but for me personally, like the giving this blessing and then seeing her, her beautiful face, like needless to say, that is going to be one spoiled little girl by me. <laughs> so what should you guys take from this tale? 
Um, I have a few things that I, since I've been working, you know, in the back of my mind, I've been kind of doing some, some mental gymnastics, um, and really thinking about what I went through and how this affected me. How did I come out differently and what could I have done differently during or before, even before to, to prepare. So, because, you know, no one ever really tells you how difficult unemployment is. Like, you assume it's going to be hard, but it's much harder than you realize, and especially when you are ill-prepared. And I can admit I was ill-prepared. Like, I thought I was prepared, but I I wasn't. Like, it just, hmm. So, uh, the first thing, I kind of broke this down into different topics. The first thing is the mental toll, because being unemployed really does take a mental toll on you like it will have you feeling helpless and for me already dealing with depression and you know being off my meds because I couldn't afford them anymore and you know I started getting to the point where I couldn't afford to pay my therapist um he was trying to work with me like he was you know hey I'll just charge you the copay you don't have to worry about that and even and I was just embarrassed because I couldn't even pay the copay but um so, yeah, I was just out here feeling helpless. And, you know, I, I really did start out carefree and I was glad for the break. I was like, yeah, bitch, I ain't got to work. You know, it's going to be about a month. I can sit around at my draws. I can do what the fuck I want to do. Like, if I just want to lay around and sit on the couch and fart and scratch my balls and play video games and eat pizza, I can do that. And I did. However... <laughs> The longer that goes on, the more then you start to panic and be like, fuck, I shouldn't have bought that pizza. Like I should have, you know, went to the to the grocery store and got some shit to make some spaghetti because that will last longer. And and, and, and and I shouldn't have done this. And I need to turn off all the damn lights and let me put the air on like 78 or 80. You know, even though I'm going to cook, but I don't want to use up too much electricity and run that bill up. Like you just start all these things start going through your head and you just start panicking and you don't know what you're going to do. And, um, it just, it, it, it gets difficult. And it was to the point where I did not know how I was going to survive. Um, and I had a mental check checklist, you know, I had plans, I had plans, a plan B plan C. I had all these things, but I learned that it's one thing because I am a planner. That is what I do. Like if I'm going to do something, I plan, I want to have everything. Like if I'm going, you know, and it's more than just preparing for a trip, like things that I want to do, I have a plan. And I usually have a backup plan. And depending on what it is, I may even have a backup to the backup plan. That is just what I do. But it's one thing that I learned to have a plan and have several plans. It's another thing to have to execute them. Like go going through and seeing, okay, I'm on plan B. Damn, plan B was is fine. I can survive. Okay, I'm on plan C. Shit, I did not want to be here, but it's fine. Okay, now I'm on plan J and I'm just like, fuck. This ain't even a plan. I'm just out here, you know, I, I don't, my life is hanging together with some fucking duct tape, like shit. So that was very, very difficult. It was, the whole thing is very, very discouraging. Um, and again, you, you assume that it's going to be so, but it, it tends to be a lot worse than you think it will be again. And this is like, not everyone goes through this. You know, if you're well prepared, you got a nice nest egg and you're unemployed, you get unemployment. Some people can go through unemployment and it's not a big deal. But for me, you know, it, it just wasn't, I was not as well prepared as I thought I was. Um, 
So those were the, the things with the mental toll. And then the emotional toll. Like, I mean, it just made me feel so alone. Even though I, I knew people that had gone through the same thing. And I, I know that I'm not the... Like, I know it's hard out here. There's plenty of people that I have worked with in the past that I've seen on LinkedIn looking for a job just like I was looking for a job. But you still feel so alone because you feel like no, because no one knows your exact story. No one, no one knows your exact circumstances. No one knows what is going on in your bank account and what people are calling you asking for money. You know, what, what creditors are, you know, trying to trying to verbally drop kick your ass and ask you asking you for payments and blowing up your shit. Like no one knows everything that you're dealing with. So even though there are people in the in the in similar positions, no one is in the exact same position you are. And and you get to a point, or at least I did, where it was like I couldn't even try to put it into perspective and say, okay, well, these people, you know, I know people who who lose their job and that's it. Like they on the street and, and I'm not on the street. I haven't been on the street. And I'm even though by the time I got my job, I was close to to. I mean, I, I was not going to be on the street, but I was not going to have my own place. But even then, um, I already struggle with feeling like a burden to my friends. Like, I feel like, you know, I get to a point where I'm like, OK, I've, I've talked about this too much and I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to bring it up again. This show included, you know, so. So that's something that I've always struggled with. So now I'm just like, well, I mean, who who's going to take me in if I can't make my rent anymore? Like what? Am, where am I going to go? And it made it even worse because I am not close to my family. You got again, if you don't know the story about my family, listen to episode 10. Um, so I was really just like, I don't know what I'm going to do because I just. And maybe it was my pride, but I was just like, I don't know how, like, who am I going to ask? Hey, friend. Um, yeah, uh, I'm going to need a place to stay. Like, I have never had to do that. And I, I didn't even know who I would ask. Who has the space? You know, my friends are having kids and they have whole families and husbands and shit. Who the fuck want to take my bitch ass in? So I, it was a struggle. Um I did not know what I was going to do and I didn't want to, I didn't want to inconvenience anybody. I didn't want anybody uprooting their life to accommodate me. So it was, I mean, that was probably one of the biggest tolls it took on me. Just like, what am I going to do? How am I going to navigate and not be a burden on somebody? Because I don't have a job and, and I'm not going to be bringing in much money. So it's not, even if I did live with someone I'm not going to be able to contribute to the household the way I should so I mean I'm a grown-ass man I can't just be living up in somebody's house scot-free while I wait for a job to come through so that was very 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 difficult um so with all that being said I kind of amassed some some tips some things that I, I had I've thought about after going through this and I think that um it I think someone, maybe a lot of people, hopefully, will be able to get some use out of this. So the first thing is, while you have a job, let your work speak for you. I say that all the time. I have said that for years. But basically, what I mean is, be good at what you do, whatever it is. I mean, now we're talking about jobs. I'm not talking about it in the bedroom. Nobody cares. 
I mean, well, let me let me rephrase. People care if you know you can suck dick or ride or whatever the fuck. Very good. But right now we're talking about making money. Now, if that's your if that is how you make your money, I'm not talking to you. I don't want nothing to do with that. Um, but good luck. But if you have a job, and it does not matter what your job is, it don't matter if you work at the Apple store, don't matter if you ringing up groceries at the grocery store, which I have done in my lifetime, it doesn't matter what you do, be good at it. And the reason why I say that, you know, let your work speak for you, because you never know who you will encounter that will remember you and recommend you in the future. Basically, what I'm to give you uh, an example Three out of my last four jobs, including the one that I just landed, were through referrals from people I've made a lasting impression on from the quality of my work and my knowledge. It wasn't because it was just like, oh, Curtis, I mean, you know, he just, oh, that's, he's such a nice guy. And, you know, he, mm, you know, he, it was, okay, he knows what the fuck he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. Yes, I vouch for him. I would work with him again. I want him on my team. I can hire. Like, that was how it is. Those are the impressions that I made. So, and it was all through my work. Like, yes, I go to work and I don't, I don't like a lot of drama at work. I have to spend too much time with you bitches i don't want no drama so i'm nice you know i'm i'm i, I mean generally i keep to myself i don't like to be bothered just let me do my work and go home but i'm not that person that goes to work raising hell and scheming and trying to get somebody fired all that extra and i bring all that up to say i've had all that stuff happen to me which I think I will talk about on a future episode. I have a couple of work stories that I think you guys will appreciate. But basically, so the first tip again is be good at what you do. Let your work speak for you because you never know who is paying attention and who's going to remember you and, and how that will impact you in the future. The next tip is save money if you can wherever you can because you never know when your rainy day will come and you never know if that's going to be like a little trickle or if that's going to be that rainy day that's going to wash your ass out of the spout like the goddamn spider so you know put money aside where you can like one of my big problems with my last job was you know i would save money but i was also spending very frivolously like anything little little thing that i want i will let me get my ass on amazon you do i'll have it in two days hey there's a lot of shit that I just don't need that I was just, you know, again, frivolous spending is is a problem that I have had. I don't want to say I have it now. And if I still do, I don't know because I haven't got my first paycheck yet. But I that is something that I will be working on. Um, the next tip is swallow your pride. Pride don't pay no bills. Pride does not put groceries in your frigidaire. Pride does not put food in your belly. Pride does not put gas in your car. Swallow your pride. If you have people around you that care about you and will do what they can to help you, let them. And I say that because that's something, again, that you guys heard earlier that I struggle with. Like, even when my friends give me money now, I'm still just like, it, it just, it feels wrong. I'm so used to being the person that people can depend on and say, hey, I need I need this until this day or, you know, I need this or I need that or, you know, such and such is having a hard time. And I, you know, hey, let me send you a, a gift card to go get a massage. Like I'm so used to being that person. So when the roles were reversed, I was like, this is not right. Like I should not be taking anything from anybody like this just does not work. It's not right. It don't fit. But. I had to do what I had to do. Um, the next tip is research unemployment in your state 
and unemployment benefits is what I mean and apply as early as you can because you never know like just research see what you can get and what I did was I researched the unemployment benefits in Texas and I saw what the payouts were I saw how all that worked and I was able to to budget before I lost my job excuse me before I lost my job I was able to budget and see okay at least I know I'll be able to float a little bit because I know how much money will be coming in Next, research other avenues of assistance in your area, such as food stamps. Listen, again, put your pride aside. I don't give a fuck what's going on. If you qualify for food stamps, get them bitches. Get the bitches, get them bitches, and swipe that shit when you go to the grocery store and get you some fucking groceries and, and feed yourself and your family. You don't, listen, that's what it's there for. That is what the assistance is there for. So there's no problem with taking advantage of it when you need to. Next is, and this is a big one, know who you can depend on when shit hit the fan. Now, this is this goes obviously beyond just uh, unemployment. Really, you need to know who is in your circle and who you can depend on. You know, I think we, we did an episode about friends, um, but know who you can depend on. And going through something like this usually will show you and tell you who you can depend on when shit hit the fan and when it's all nice and it's not all gravy and you just, ooh, I haven't heard that phrase in a long time. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, all gravy. Um, the next tip is know your expenses. You know, know the difference between needs and wants. You know, I hear these stories and I know that there are a lot of people who just go through life, they just swipe and pray. I don't know how you live like that. Shout out to you if you do. But if you're in a situation like this, when you're unemployed, you need to know your expenses. You need to know every dime, every penny that is coming out of your account. A lot of people have these recurring monthly charges and they're not that much. So you don't even pay attention to it. That shit matters. You know, know your expenses, know what is going to come out of your account and when it's going to come out of your account. Next budget. Now, I, again, because I'm a planner, I have a very detailed, complex Excel spreadsheet budget. <laughs> um, I have a couple of friends who have seen it. Um, they know that. And it's not that complex. It's just lengthy because I'm very, I'm detail oriented. And that is what I do. I, I plan ahead. So I budget, you know, I'm like, okay, I want to take these trips. So my budget will go through the whole year. I know how much I'm going to make every month. I know where I can save money. I know, okay, this is the month I want to travel. This is the paycheck that is going to pay for it. And everything else is already paid for. So I'm not going to be in a situation where I ain't got no damn money because I'm trying to go out of town and stunt. Not that I go out of town and stunt because I'm raggedy. But you get what I'm saying. So the, the point is budget. And that is where you can keep track of all those nominal expenses that come out that you don't pay. You know, your Hulu and all that kind of stuff. Just really do a nice budget so that you can see what kind of position you're in. Now, I did not budget the way I should have because I was not I was dreading the state of my finances. And that was a lesson that I learned. I should have, you know, kicked my own ass and done it because I would have been a little bit better off. Like I would things would not have dried up so quickly if I had done what I should have done and what I knew I should have done. But I didn't want to do it because I felt like. It was going to make me feel even more depressed to see that money was not coming in the way that it used to. But you have to do it. 
Next, call your creditors and let them know about your situation because you never know who is willing to help and what they're going to do to help. Now, if they don't know and you stop, you start missing payments, you know, they're just going to be calling, calling, calling. But sometimes you can call and they'll say, okay, we can work with you. Can you make this little bit of payment? And you know, you can you make a payment? You'd be like, bitch, I ain't got no job. What you mean? Can I make a payment? Like, God damn, can you hear? Shit, fuck. Do it. It sucks. I hate talking to them people. I hate talking to anybody. I hate owing money, but do do what you got to do. Call them, let them know your situation and see what kind of arrangements you can make. Next step is if you're lucky enough like I was, even though it wasn't much, but if you're lucky enough to get a head start, like a heads up that you're going to lose your job and even after, obviously after you have to do it, but if you can do it before, even better, spruce up your resume. And 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 do that before you start applying for jobs, like especially if you know you haven't looked at your resume in years. You ain't looked at your resume since Moesha was on TV. G- give it a gander and, you know, just spruce it up. Um, the next thing about keeping on the topic of resumes is research resume tips for your industry. There's no one size fits all when it comes to resumes. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there and shout out to the people who, you know, are resume gurus and they know how to rewrite a resume and they will they get people hired quickly um a lot of them will tell you your resume needs to be one page or two pages it needs to be this it needs to be that it needs to be this and all of those are good tips don't get me wrong but again i say research your specific industry because in my industry a one page two page resume no one wants to see that they want to see what projects you worked on. They want to see what did you do at every company. I know somebody whose resume is like 12 pages long. And it's not a problem because that is what they want to see in this industry. Obviously, that's not every industry. Most industries, they don't want to see no 12-page resume. But you need to know that. You need to do that research so that you know what to present. Next is set goals for yourself in your job search. You know, for example, I will apply to this many jobs a day or I will spend this many hours looking for a job every day. I know a lot of people say, you know, looking for a job is a full time job. You need to be spending eight hours a day looking for a job. If that works for you, great. If not, then do what works for you. But set goals so that you're not just wasting time every day and not moving towards finding something. And it may not necessarily even be looking for another job. Your your thing might be, okay, I'm figuring out how I can move to a different industry or I'm figuring out how can I open a business? How can I start working for myself? I'm going to start this creative process so that I can start, you know, I can do this creative venture that I've been wanting to do. Shout out to, and that's something that I was doing. Like while I've been unemployed, that was really what, gave me the time to get this podcast off the ground um so just do what works for you and set those goals make sure that you are utilizing stress relief techniques even if you don't feel stressed because a lot of times you are especially with finances and not having a job unemployment that shit you are stressed even if you don't realize it so it will be it's good for you to utilize those techniques you know whatever it is that you do that helps you relieve stress do that shit and do it regularly. Do it often. Do it on a schedule if you can. It, you know, all of it helps. Next tip is don't be afraid to utilize contacts that you've had um, for however long in your 
in your career while you're doing your searching because again you never know who you may have made a good impression on and listen closed mouths don't get fed so if you have contact you have people that you've worked with in the past reach out and see if they know of something or if they can do something to help you because again you just never know now obviously only do that if you've made a good impression and you're on good terms you know if you cussed out keisha on your last day at your last job don't call Keisha asking her if she knows of a job. Like, don't do that shit. Don't do that to her. And don't do that to yourself. You look the fuck stupid. Um, Next tip, take breaks when you can. Like, unplug and take care of you. Because if you're like me, sometimes you don't want to be bombarded with all the positivity all the time. I appreciate it. But there are times where I just don't want to hear that. Like, it, 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 it doesn't help me to put things into perspective. At times, you know, sometimes it's good and it's inspiring and, and, and it helps and I'm good and I appreciate my friends doing that. And sometimes I'm just like, I don't want to hear that shit. And luckily for me, most of my friends know me well enough that they know when I need to be lifted up and they know when I need to be left the hell alone. Um, and a shout out to them. I appreciate that. But basically, whatever taking care of you means to you, do that shit. Do it, do it, do it. And my last tip is, and this is something that I just recently started to uh, do, but try to find the beauty and the lessons in your struggle. Now, this will be difficult for most people, if not all, but you can do it and you will appreciate the results. I've been doing this, you know, and it may not be until you find another job that you're able to do this because that was I was not able to do it until I was at somebody's job knowing that I was making money again. Then I could look back and say, okay, what did I learn from this? Like, I, I could not have just gone through this just to be going through it. Like, I have to learn something from this. And I did. Like, for example, I learned that I'm not as financially literate as I thought. And I see that there are a lot of areas where I can improve financially, you know, how I handle, how I manage my finances. And I've also learned to appreciate tests of patience like this was a test of patience and i feel like you know every day there's a little test of patience and i just you know sometimes i'm gripping the steering wheel while i'm in traffic and i'm just like <sighs> but I, I i just really be like okay you know what just be patient patient be patient be patient and there's there is something I, I don't even know how to describe it but that reward of your patience is very fulfilling so again you guys try to find the beauty and the lessons in your struggle you know I, i'm really of the mindset that we don't go through struggles for no reason like we go through struggles to learn and you have to be willing to learn now even if it, and again even if it's not until your situation changes that you learn and you really are able to appreciate those lessons, but don't just move into the next situation without doing that work and, and finding those things to be appreciative of from what you just went through. And I want to say that that is my last tip. And that wraps up this episode of Gay Side Stories. So um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I know that we've been on a break or I've been on a break for the past two weeks, but, you know, there's a lot that's been going on. And I don't just mean with the lineup shift, no Destiny's Child. Um, there's, you know, with my new job, you know, I was trying to get acclimated to that. And, you know, 
there's other things that are going on that are really, really weighing heavy on me um, that I just, uh, it's been very difficult for me to process. So, I, you know, I've tried to take some time to get my head together, get my thoughts together, get my ideas and my plans together so that I could come back and, and do this show because I do love doing this show, even if it's just a handful of people listening. I appreciate it and I love you guys. You know, and it is what it is. So with that being said, um, you guys send in some story uh, and show topic ideas. Um, the latest gay side story should be available by the time this is up. Um, you guys can also check out the rest of my raggedy ass writing at tjclaytonwrites.tumblr.com. And that's Clayton, C-L-A-Y-T-O-N. Um, thank you for listening again. I think I just said that, but you know, I really do appreciate it. Shout out to all of my friends who have helped me down. I know I shout out my friends a lot, but my friends really are my family. And so shout out to them. They know who they are. I would do a a whole list, but y'all know who y'all are. I love y'all. Thank y'all. Um, and thanks to everybody else. Remember to share this with your friends, with your family, your coworkers, and whoever else that you want to listen to the show. And with that being said, I'm out. As always, you guys, protect your walls or they will crumble. And y'all can't see me right now, but I'm doing that sealy hand thing that she did. Anyway, bye, y'all. <laughs>